Edwin Lee, an Amish man, employed several Amish workers on his farm, but because his religion held a provision against federal social security in general, he did not pay quarterly social security taxes. So in 1978, the IRS sent him a bill for $27,000 in unpaid taxes. He paid for the first quarter of 1973, and then he sued for a refund, arguing that the tax violated his First Amendment right to free exercise of religion. The district court held that the Social Security tax was unconstitutional as applied. This is a case that the Supreme Court heard on direct appeal. It asks whether the United States government can require payment of Social Security taxes from those who religiously object to Social Security benefits. In a unanimous decision, the court said yes, holding that by entering into the commercial activity of employing others, he accepted certain limits on the exercise of his beliefs. And now, the 1982 opinion of the court in United States v. Lee. Chief Justice Berger delivered the opinion of the court. We noted probable jurisdiction to determine whether imposition of social security taxes is unconstitutional as applied to persons who object on religious grounds to receipt of public insurance benefits and to payment of taxes to support public insurance funds. The district court concluded that the Free Exercise Clause prohibits forced payment of Social Security taxes when payment of taxes and receipt of benefits violate the taxpayer's religion. We reverse. Part 1 Apelli, a member of the Old Order Amish, is a farmer and carpenter, from 1970 to 1977, Apelli employed several other Amish to work on his farm and in his carpentry shop. He failed to file the quarterly Social Security tax returns required of employers, withhold Social Security tax from his employees, or pay the employer's share of Social Security taxes. In 1978, the Internal Revenue Service assessed Apelli in excess of $27,000 for unpaid employment taxes. He paid $91, the amount owed for the first quarter of 1973, and then sued in the United States District Court for the Western District of Pennsylvania for a refund claiming that imposition of the Social Security taxes violated his First Amendment free exercise rights and those of his Amish employees. The district court held the statutes requiring appellee to pay Social Security and unemployment insurance taxes 
unconstitutional as applied. The court noted that the Amish believe it's sinful not to provide for their own elderly and needy, and therefore are religiously opposed to the national social security system. The court also accepted Apelli's contention that the Amish religion not only prohibits the acceptance of social security benefits, but also bars all contributions by Amish to the social security system. The district court observed that in light of their beliefs, Congress has accommodated self-employed Amish and self-employed members of other religious groups with similar beliefs by providing exemptions from social security taxes. The court's holding was based on both the exemption statute for the self-employed and the First Amendment. Appelli and others who fall within the carefully circumscribed definition provided in Section 142G are relieved from paying the employer's share of Social Security taxes as it is an unconstitutional infringement upon the free exercise of their religion. Direct appeal from the judgment of the district court was taken pursuant to 28 U.S.C. Section 1252. Part 2 The exemption provided by Section 1402G is available only to self-employed individuals and does not apply to employers or employees. Consequently, appellee and his employees are not within the express provisions of Section 1402G. Thus, any exemption from payment of the employer's share of Social Security taxes must come from a constitutionally required exemption. Section A. The preliminary inquiry in determining the existence of a constitutionally required exemption is whether the payment of Social Security taxes and the receipt of benefits interferes with the free exercise rights of the Amish. The Amish believe that there is a religiously based obligation to provide for their fellow members the kind of assistance contemplated by the social security system. Although the government does not challenge the sincerity of this belief, the government does contend that payment of Social Security taxes will not threaten the integrity of the Amish religious belief or observance. It is not within the judicial function and judicial competence, however, to determine whether a appellee or the government has the proper interpretation of the Amish faith. Courts are not arbiters of scriptural interpretation. We therefore accept Apelli's contention that both payment and receipt of Social Security benefits 
is forbidden by the Amish faith. Because the payment of the taxes or receipt of benefits violates Amish religious beliefs, compulsory participation in the social security system interferes with their free exercise rights. The conclusion that there is a conflict between the Amish faith and the obligations imposed by the social security system is only the beginning, however, and not the end of the inquiry. Not all burdens on religion are unconstitutional. The state may justify a limitation on religious liberty by showing that it is essential to accomplish an overriding governmental interest. Section B. Because the social security system is nationwide, the governmental interest is apparent. The social security system in the United States serves the public interest by providing a comprehensive insurance system with a variety of benefits available to all participants, with costs shared by employers and employees. The social security system is by far the largest domestic governmental program in the United States today, distributing approximately $11 billion monthly to 36 million Americans. The design of the system requires support by mandatory contributions from covered employers and employees. This mandatory participation is indispensable to the fiscal vitality of the Social Security system. Widespread individual voluntary coverage under Social Security would undermine the soundness of the Social Security program. Moreover, a comprehensive national social security system providing for voluntary participation would be almost a contradiction in terms and difficult, if not impossible, to administer. Thus, the government's interest in assuring mandatory and continuous participation in and contribution to the social security system is very high. Section C. The remaining inquiry is whether accommodating the Amish belief will unduly interfere with fulfillment of the governmental interest. In Braunfeld v. Brown, 1961, this court noted that to make accommodation between the religious action and an exercise of state authority is a particularly delicate task because resolution in favor of the state results in the choice to the individual of either abandoning his religious principle or facing prosecution. The difficulty in attempting to accommodate religious beliefs in the area of taxation is that we are a cosmopolitan nation made up of people of almost every conceivable religious preference. 
the court has long recognized that balance must be struck between the values of the comprehensive social security system, which rests on a complex of actuarial factors and the consequences of allowing religiously based exemptions. To maintain an organized society that guarantees religious freedom to a great variety of faiths requires that some religious practices yield to the common good. Religious beliefs can be accommodated, but there is a point at which accommodation would radically restrict the operating latitude of the legislature. Unlike the situation presented in Wisconsin v. Yoder, it would be difficult to accommodate the comprehensive social security system with myriad exceptions flowing from a wide variety of religious beliefs. The obligation to pay the social security tax initially is not fundamentally different from the obligation to pay income taxes. The difference, in theory at least, is that the social security tax revenues are segregated for use only in furtherance of the statutory program. There is no principled way, however, for purposes of this case, to distinguish between general taxes and those imposed under the Social Security Act. If, for example, a religious adherent believes war is a sin, and if a certain percentage of the federal budget can be identified as devoted to war-related activities, such individuals would have a similarly valid claim to be exempt from paying that percentage of the income tax. The tax system could not function if denominations were allowed to challenge the tax system because tax payments were spent in a manner that violates their religious belief. Because the broad public interest in maintaining a sound tax system is of such a high order, religious belief in conflict with the payment of taxes affords no basis for resisting the tax. Part 3 Congress has accommodated to the extent compatible with a comprehensive national program the practices of those who believe it a violation of their faith to participate in the Social Security system. In Section 1402G, Congress granted an exemption on religious grounds to self-employed Amish and others. Confining the Section 1402G exemption to the self-employed provided for a narrow category which was readily identifiable. Self-employed persons in a religious community having its own welfare system are distinguishable from the generality of wage earners employed by others. Congress and the courts have been sensitive to the needs flowing from the Free Exercise Clause, but every person cannot be shielded from all the burdens 
incident to exercising every aspect of the right to practice religious beliefs. When followers of a particular sect enter into commercial activity as a matter of choice, the limits they accept on their own conduct as a matter of conscience and faith are not to be superimposed on the statutory schemes which are binding on others in that activity. Granting an exemption from social security taxes to an employer operates to impose the employer's religious faith on the employees. Congress drew a line in Section 1402, exempting the self-employed Amish, but not all persons working for an Amish employer. The tax imposed on employers to support the social security system must be uniformly applicable to all, except as Congress provides explicitly otherwise. Accordingly, the judgment of the district court is reversed and the case is remanded for proceedings consistent with this opinion. Reversed and remanded. We've reached the end of the opinion. If you'd like to request a particular opinion to be read on the show, or you just want to say hello, navigate your way to the show's website at whatscotusrotus.podbean.com and click on the contact tab. Until next episode, thanks for listening to What Scotus Wrote Us.